So I'm not a huge fan of Pinocchio. I'm going to be real. It gave me nightmares when I was little. Okay? <laughs> little boys turning into donkeys. <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Skyler. And I'm Gary. And this is the Nerds Inc. Podcast. Today with special guest, Christy Shu. Christy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I'm really excited. <laughs> yes, no, this so this is a long time coming. Really happy to have you on, Christy. And you are actually our very first guest to Nerds Inc. Podcast. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> so how does that feel? That's a very great badge of honor. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, no. We're so happy to have you uh, because Here. today we are talking the 2023 95th Academy Award winners. Yeah, this is exciting. Um, Skylar and I we talked a little bit about what we are expecting going into the Oscars and then having you on afterwards to kind of get your opinion on what you saw, how you felt about it. And just to really have a fun discussion about this whole thing. Yeah, All right. Excellent. I'm excited. And, and so, Christy, uh, why don't you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Sure. So my name's Christy, and I am uh, currently in Austin, Texas. And I know Skylar from our <laughs> Purdue program, our MFA program at Purdue. Very cool. Very cool. Yes, nice. a Austin, fellow Texas. actor. Yeah, Austin, Texas. We're in the middle of South by Southwest right now. So it's been fun and crazy. <laughs> Always a roller coaster as an actor, right? It Always. is, yes. <laughs> okay, so just kind of jumping right into it. Uh, we're, of course, talking Oscars. Um, I wanted to get both of your overall impressions of the night. And what did you think of Jimmy Kimmel as a host? So, yeah, Chris, you can go ahead and jump in and go first. Sure. Um, overall, I thought that they were pretty entertaining. Um, there were some, in my opinion, surprises, and um, I'm sure we'll talk about those. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I thought Jimmy Kimmel was pretty tame for the most part. Um, and I, I get that after, you know, Slapgate last year, that there had to be some <laughs> some tameness in it. Um, yeah. But his, his slap jokes, I thought were pretty subtle, but also pretty funny here and there. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah I can't disagree. Um, I saw I was on Twitter all night, following like a lot of the reactions, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, this isn't funny." And I'm just like, I kind of laughed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, Skylar, you and I both have opinions about a few of the things that happened, but. Uh, Overall, I enjoyed it. I felt like it was very entertaining. And I think Jimmy Kimmel was really solid as the host for the night. Yeah. No, I, I agree with what both of you were saying here. Um, I thought it was – I didn't really know where they were going to take it, right? Because after last year, you knew that they had to address it, and they certainly right. did. Um, I kind of loved him basically saying, like, hey, if anybody comes up here, I have all of these A-list actors that are going to stop you first, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty great. Yeah, that was yeah and what was great about that too is that those actors that were the camera panned to them, they actually like became part of it and played along. And I think that that's so important when you have when you do things like this. You have to kind of play along, otherwise, it's just not fun. 
Exactly. Yeah. And him him mentioning the whole like, you know, don't worry if you do slap anyone here, you'll get the uh, award for best uh, leading actor <laughs> and you'll get to do a 19 minute speech uninterrupted. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I like the one where he was like, we're going to go off without a hitch. Wink, wink. And I was like, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was great. so many good slap jokes. So many good slap. Jokes. It was. Um, yeah. No, I think. um the Academy didn't take itself too seriously this year, which was really nice. I think they were very uh, remorseful of what happened. And um, I don't foresee something like that happening again at the Oscars anyway, but um, it's nice that they got to poke fun on it. Yeah. Overall, I thought the night went pretty smoothly. I know that this uh, ceremony is typically like, what, like three to four hours, and it can really feel like it drags on forever. Um, but I personally thought some of like the, the musical numbers and the kind of like little – uh, skits that they had were pretty entertaining. What did you guys think? I thought they were also very entertaining. I really enjoyed the musical numbers this year. Um, sometimes they can be a little long, but I thought that the, um, and, and please both of you correct me, um, if I mispronounce it, anything. Um, but the Natu Natu from RRR, I yes. thought their musical number was fantastic. That was, and the best. I even, Loved how he was like, and they'll come out and dance you off if you go too long. <laughs> yeah, no, that was my first uh, interaction with that musical number and that movie in general. So I have already heard some pretty good things from some different critics about it. And so hearing that song live that way was just was absolutely phenomenal. And it makes me want to go watch it personally now. Uh, absolutely. No, it definitely felt like a Tony Awards performance when they came out. I was like, oh, this is like Broadway quality. This <laughs> yeah. is quite amazing. I didn't know anything about the number or the movie, so I was surprised to see it, but I was very entertained. It was very entertaining. All right. So shall we jump into the winners in the major categories? Yes. Let's uh, we are going to be going over uh, winners for animation, leading and supporting actor and actress, directing, writing and cinematography and then of course if you guys want to chime in with any of your other favorites with that we will discuss it so gary you want to uh, list off the winner for animation yeah i'm pulling that up right now the winner for animation was guillermo del toro's pinocchio i think that was a good choice um, I think you and I kind of talked about that most likely winning when we did our uh, preview, but uh, I definitely want to hear you all's uh, opinion on on that uh, winner. Christy, what did you think? I think that 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 was the one that I had picked to win. Also, um, I felt that he kind of like turned. So I'm not a huge fan of Pinocchio. I'm going to be real. It gave me nightmares when I was little. Okay? <laughs> little boys turning into donkeys. <laughs> um, so, but he almost turned it into almost kind of like a creature feature and made it very interesting and entertaining. So I, I enjoyed that. I was not disappointed that he won. 
Yeah, full disclosure, I still have not seen it yet. It is on my list. But um, from what I do know of Guillermo del Toro's previous work, which I am a big fan, is that he finds a way to turn everything into a creature feature. You know, Shape yeah. of Water, even Hellboy became more about the creatures than Hellboy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But still very, still very enjoyable. Um, and then, of course, Pan's Labyrinth, which is my favorite of the work that he's done. Uh, so I do love Guillermo del Toro. And then if anyone has seen um, the uh, Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix, it was kind of like a little like horror special almost uh, very uh, alfred hitchcock that came out uh, in time for halloween last year uh, it's still on netflix it's Gu- guillermo del toro's cabinet of curiosities it kind of gives you a real feel for how far he can extend his horror and creature feature um so i'm very excited to see it um i think the animation style is very unique too what did you think of that christy I thought it was very unique, too. I think he's got a very interesting vision and a very interesting eye for how he goes about his films. And I think that we're going to see even more interesting things from him as technology continues to improve. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I was excited uh, that he did win because I, I think, you know, Gary and I, you and I discussed uh, that that would have probably been my second choice and right. maybe even my first choice had I actually seen it in time. <laughs> uh, but I did uh, really enjoy Turning Red and I was a little sad mm-hmm. that they didn't win. But at the same time, as we all know, Pixar sweeps that category almost every single year. So it is kind of refreshing to see, yeah. you know, Netflix pick up a win. Yeah, uh, I was I was happy that... Uh, Pinocchio one just because it was something different like Chrissy mentioned like the animation style was not what you typically would see for an animated movie but like you Skylar I was also disappointed because Turning Red was so good and like we mentioned in the episode like it had got so much unnecessary hate just because of one specific scene that I wanted mm-hmm. it to win just to be kind of like an F you to all the people who hated it um, but overall I think just this win for the movie was really good. And it's one I also haven't seen. I was going to watch it this week, but yeah, I got busy. So I'm going to have to try to watch it soon and come back with thoughts. (laughs) Good, good, good. Um, All right. So moving on to, uh, we'll start with uh, actor and actress in a supporting role for the winners for that. Uh, So for uh, actress in a supporting role, we have Jamie Lee Curtis winning for everything, everywhere, all at once. And then the actor in a supporting role, we have, uh, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, and I do apologize for those listening. Uh, we have Ki Hu Kwan uh, winning also for everything, everywhere, all at once. Thoughts from the two of you on these winners? I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, right. Uh, I have lots of thoughts. I, I don't know what you guys are, are thinking about this, but I, I have lots of thoughts from – from Angela Bassett not winning and from how she handled it. So I would love to, if, if we've got time to kind of delve into that a little bit, because. Oh, for sure. We'll yeah. make it. <laughs> 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 no, we, we already expected this episode was going to go a little long and we are fine with that. We have a lot to discuss. Okay. Right. Cause she, uh, so, so I had actually picked Angela Bassett to win. Um, I felt that her performance in uh, Black Panther Wakanda forever was, just incredible and so powerful and so moving and coming on the heels of Chadwick Boseman's uh, untimely passing was just incredible. And her having to use all of those emotions to, to do this character, I felt were really, really great. And uh, I think it's appropriate for her to be disappointed. I think it's disrespectful to not clap. Hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I did. They have done kind of like a, a freeze frame reaction of when they announced Jamie Lee Curtis and like her reaction of being like, no, you know, bleeping way, right? She immediately curses. And then you like, it, it shows kind of like the, the different uh, nominees. And of course, you see Angela Bassett just kind of like give that stern look of like, all right. All right. Yeah. So that, that that's fair. Uh, Gary, yeah. what, did you notice that? Yeah, I noticed it after the fact. Um, I think I was off make me something to eat or something while they were announcing it. So I didn't get the initial reaction, but I saw it afterwards. Um, I'm someone in the same line as you, Christy, in the sense of I understand why she was upset because she definitely deserved it. Um, even if she didn't win, I still think Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't even the best supporting actress in the movie. Uh, I would have given it to Stephanie way before I would have given it to Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, and at the same time, I kind of understand why she didn't clap, but I think to kind of show a little bit of good sportsmanship, she should have, but I'm not going to hold it against her for not clapping. Like in the moment, I probably wouldn't have either. I probably would have just been like, okay. Cause like, you right. know, she wasn't even the best part of the movie. Like she wasn't even the second or third best part of the movie. No, so, and I know that. And I know, and Christy, you, you can certainly attest to this because I know you, you watch every year. Gary, we got you watching every year now, uh, for these Oscars, but <laughs> it, it, they always say it's not like a legacy award, right? Like you're, you're winning specifically for your role. Yeah. But I think we can all agree that like Stephanie Shu was amazing and very captivating and everything every well all at once and while jamie lee curtis was also like a great addition to the film it was an amazing cast it was a little surprising to see that if both of them were nominated in the same category that jamie lee curtis out of the two of them would have won first of all and right. angela bassett's performance in wakanda forever was absolutely gut-wrenching so it almost kind of feels like a legacy award to jamie lee curtis what do you think I think it definitely could be. I was, th I was talking about this with somebody else about how, um, you know, if you were to look at the, if you were, if you were going to call this a career Oscar, right? If you were to look at her work versus the work of, let's say Angela Bassett, right? Because it's been 30 years since Angela Bassett's last Oscar nomination. So let's look at those. Well, who's got the better body of work? It's, it's close because they do such very different things. And this everything everywhere all at once was so different for Jamie Lee Curtis. And I wonder if that had Hollywood going, Oh, Oh, yeah. so maybe we do need to reward her for her performance here. Mm -hmm. That is a very good point, actually. And it's something I didn't even think about um, when thinking of in that line. Um, and I actually, I agree with that, that, that could have been like the deciding factor of it. If we want to go the route of, this is potentially a career type of award for her. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I like that viewpoint. Yeah. yeah. And to use your words, Gary, um, like gut wrenching performance. I don't know if anybody has seen Angela Bassett's performance in performance in what's love got to do with it, but that's also very gut wrenching. And that mm -hmm. was her last Oscar nomination. Wow. So in the nineties, so, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we can all hope that it won't be another 30 years before she's nominated again. Um, right. She's quite talented. Uh, no, uh, not taking anything away from Jamie Lee Curtis, because I think all of the, 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 the nominees this year were extremely talented, but it was just a little surprising for sure. Right. All right. So moving on to uh, Kihu Kwan uh, for winning for everything, everywhere, all at once. Who doesn't love this redemption story? Let's <laughs> right. talk about yeah. it. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I literally no, he, cried when he was up there. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he was, he was so much fun. Like he just, 
What I love about the Oscars, you know, like people will get up there and they will do their their winner's speech and they just seem so like they knew it was coming. And like, even though he's been the front runner for every award, um, except the BAFTAs, then it's like he was still so excited. And like, that is the joy to me of acting, right? It's like mm-hmm. the joy of all of these accolades. <laughs> so it was really nice to see the joy from him. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. Um, <clears throat> you know, for the, for those that that don't know his story, is you know he was obviously the the child actor uh, in the eighties and and doing just these critically acclaimed, amazing films and um, you know Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which is an instant classic. You have the Goonies, of course. I know he did some work with Brendan Fraser uh, in the nineties, early nineties. In Sino sure. Man. Yes, you know, man. Okay. I knew Those you would know. Those jokes were great, by the way. <laughs> I knew you would know, Christy, because I, I am not familiar with that. But um, uh, I was, it was just, it, it was so great because I know that he has primarily sat waiting by the phone, you know, as he says in all of his interviews that he wasn't cast in his 20s and into his 30s. And so, you know, Christy, you and I know what that feels like, certainly. I mean, not to that extent, but, you know, when you're not getting cast and you're just kind of waiting for those opportunities to appear. And then for this to be like his first major film back, and it's not, it, you know, it was very much kind of like a, a fringe genre for A24. Um, for him to be able to kind of sweep all of these uh, these uh, award ceremonies and then most notably, of course, the Oscars is really amazing and, and just inspiring in so many ways. Absolutely. And that movie, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, it premiered at South by Southwest last year. Um, and so that's why things are even crazier here this year. Um, but South by Southwest movies don't often make it or have the traction to make it all the way through to the Oscars because it's almost like a year long campaign and journey for them. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love Gary, what did you think? time on this podcast. <laughs> Always. <laughs> but no, I mean, y'all said it best. Um, I agree with everything you said. And like I said, from the beginning, like when he got up and just started thanking his mom and talking about everything, it literally brought tears to my eyes. Um, He definitely deserved it. There was no doubt in my mind that he should have won. And when you watch the film everywhere, everything all at once, um, there are certain scenes that he's in where it's just like, he just steals the whole, the whole captive, uh, moment and it makes you really feel everything that he's in at that point when he uh as wayman as wayman is pleading with everyone to stop fighting uh towards the beginning of the film like that part is just so emotional i absolutely love that scene so i i I can't think of anyone more deserving of an, an of an award in this type of situation than him right now and I think that's what's made this Oscar so special, touching to that point, is that it really – this feels like a kind of like redemption uh, Oscars uh, when you look at, of course, uh, Key winning as well as you know Brendan Fraser, who we're going to get to. Um, that it's so nice and refreshing uh, because I feel like, you know, to your point, Christy, that it, it almost feels routine sometimes. And a lot of people go into these awards knowing like, oh, I'm clearly the best one here. I'm going to win. I, I think of even when Leo won it for um, – oh, gosh. And I, I'm forgetting the name of the film. The Revenant. The Revenant, right? When, when he, even when he won it for that, he was very much like, "It's my time. I've been waiting." <laughs> you know, Absolutely. and it's like, 
everybody, you know, and, you know, all the winners this year seemed all genuinely surprised. And I think there's something really special to that. Right. I, like you, Gary, was like totally tearing up when he was giving his speech and when he was talking about that he almost walked away from acting. Um, that's something that I can relate to on a very personal level and, and yeah. just kind of like that hurt that you have inside you and how do you overcome that? How do you move forward? And it was just absolutely inspiring. And I hope that people in acting classes and other actors pay attention to just that clip of him talking about that and what his career was like. I hope that is played in every single classroom for years to come. I do. Um, great. So moving on, uh, we're going to now talk about the leading actor winners. We have our uh, leading uh, actress uh, in a, a leading role, of course, uh, going to... Michelle Yeoh and Everything Everywhere All at Once. And then our leading actor, Brendan Fraser, winning for The Whale. We'll talk with, about Stephanie, or uh, sorry, Michelle Yeoh first. Yeah, so um, I, I hands down felt that this was incredibly deserved and well-deserved. Um, I think that she was catching a lot of flack there toward the, up to the Oscars for things that she had said, but I didn't really think that that was necessary. <laughs> um, but she, I, I thought she was great in it. And to be perfectly honest, I was kind of upset that she didn't get an Oscar nomination for Crazy Rich Asians. So I was really happy to see her with a, this kind of sort of comeback thing right now. Yeah. Gary, what about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, I've been saying since I saw the movie, like Michelle Yeoh carried that movie on her back and it's as, as I said in the, the previous episode about this, it's not like she was just like by herself. Everyone carried it, but she was just like head and shoulders above everyone else and everything that she had to do. And that says a lot because as we just talked about, we had a supporting actress and a supporting actor that was really good. So for her to be just that much better just says a lot and would have been completely and utterly disrespectful if she didn't win. So for her to win um, was very well-deserved, and I'm extremely happy. Same here. I agree with both of you. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, and I think what is so refreshing about everything, everywhere, all at once, not the fact that it's just like this mind-bending, kind of quirky sci-fi film, but the fact that it doesn't, it didn't feel like an Oscar vehicle. Yeah. Right. Like when, when we think of the Oscars every year, it's the war films, it's the biopics. It's like, you know, clearly, you know, like, um, you know, Gary Oldman and, and, and some type of prosthetic, you know, and, and yeah. it's, it, it feels very much like you have your, your cast, but really it's going to be this person talking for the next 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's, that's what it felt like, um, for, I feel like a lot of winners in the past and everything everywhere all at once was such an amazing ensemble cast that they all kind of like, carried their scenes that they were in together it made it really unique and so for you know michelle yo to to really be head and shoulders above her counterparts you know you have of course anna Armas being nominated for blonde where that was very much an oscar yeah. vehicle for her um i think was really special because it was kind of breaking that tradition and christy i'm wondering your thoughts because i know there's been a huge influx in new voters how much the new voter had to say in this versus I feel like the old voters would have very much preferred that Oscar vehicle. Right. I, I think that um, had this been older viewers or not viewers, but older voters, then I think we would have seen Kate Blanchett win um, her third Oscar, <laughs> um, which it was close. I think that the voters kind of, it was 
those two, I think, were the top two of what I was kind of hearing from people in the academy. And, um, but it's, it's really, like you said, it's really nice to not see everything be so Oscar Beatty like. So, cause, uh, like when Eddie Redmayne won for The Theory of Everything and Michael Keaton was just like, really upset because his Birdman performance was really good, but it's just not Oscar. It's not the Oscar vehicle that the voters are so familiar and used to. Mm-hmm. That is a really and good I point. think, you know, and I'm, what I'm hoping for is that this new influx of younger voters is going to change that dynamic where you're going to have more films like everything everywhere all at once being nominated. You're going to have, you know, potentially more blockbusters, um, get nods for acting and things of that nature. Cause uh, something that I, and I, I know we'll, we'll touch on this as we discuss best picture, but something that I found really interesting is like Top Gun Maverick was what nominated for maybe two or three Oscars. And one of yeah. them like being best picture, right. like you're like, okay, we, we get it. You guys are really appreciative <laughs> of Tom Cruise helping end this, this COVID <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> so yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a Top Gun Maverick is a solid movie. Like you said, we'll talk about it, but, um, but, but yeah, so to see to see things on the fringe side is is really kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to negate any of the Oscar bait type stuff because, like, with Kate Blanchett in uh, her performance in Tar is phenomenal, <laughs> very phenomenal, and that is a biopic. That's another a, one. I've a, a, um, a fictional biopic, if I'm not mistaken, which I still haven't seen it yet, but I do want to because I'm a fan of Kate Blanchett. Um, but yeah, no, that, that did look like the typical Oscar bait film for sure. Uh, moving on to actor in a leading role, of course, with Brendan Fraser's win. I don't know a single person on earth that is upset about this. Right. Let's talk about it. Austin <laughs> Butler. <laughs> Those are. You know, I saw a few of those people in, in comment sections going like, Austin should have won. I'm like, did you even see the whale? Really? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I'm talking about Oscar bait. Elvis and, and Austin Butler in that role was very much Oscar bait. And I love Baz Luhrmann, but like we all know it's like, oh, don't worry, Austin, you got this in the bag. And then he didn't. <laughs> so, Gary, yeah. what did you think? Um, yeah, I still haven't seen it um, behind. I've seen some clips of it. Um but yeah, I was I was always on the Brendan Fraser train. Huge fan of Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Brendan Fraser for me just like I've seen a lot of his stuff from when he was in the '90s. You know, we talked about Encino Man. You know, Blast from the Past. Those kind of things. They're all they're fun. The Mummy. It's all fun. But this is so different for him. And I think um, uh, Darren Aronofsky did a him a service by letting him just act and be and live in those truthful circumstances, those imaginary truthful circumstances. And so I think he did a, it was phenomenal. And I did see Elvis and I thought Austin Butler was very good. I thought he was great. Um, he was also sitting next to Angela Bassett when he lost. So there was a lot of <laughs> memes coming out of that. So I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> Actually, I think I remember that. I think at one point, wasn't she like holding his hand? They were holding yes. each other's hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, this was his first nomination. Yes. It was. So. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, he's still got a whole career. Like not saying once again, we know it's not a legacy award, but sometimes it kind of is. Sometimes um, it is. He yeah. he will have his opportunity in the future. I still haven't seen Elvis. Uh, it's on my list. I do have it actually at home to watch, um, but haven't seen it. Yet, but I do love me some Baz Luhrmann uh, and just with his 
highly fantastical way of telling a story. Um, but I did see the whale and uh, just absolutely just gut wrenching. It does really feel like, and, and Christy, I'm sure you can attest to this. It feels like one of those films that like you watch it once very so much like the Joker. And then you just, you can't bear to watch it again because mm-hmm. it's so gut wrenching and everything that his character goes through. Um, he was phenomenal and, and all the prosthetics and the makeup. And I mean, to, to take on the role of a, a 600 plus pound man is no easy feat. No, it's not. And he, he did put on some weight for it. It's my understanding, but a lot of it was prosthetic. Um, but no, this is, this is up there with certain movies that I will not watch again, but I'm glad I saw it. <laughs> right. You, you watch it once to, you, yes, you do, my friend. Uh, it's one of those <laughs> films you watch it once to appreciate just the work that went into it. And then you're like, okay, um, if I watch this again, it has to be like, outside in the daylight maybe at some type of amphitheater i don't know why it would be playing there but you know it might, <laughs> might work out a little bit better there's other things going on to distract me <laughs> right. it's like here let, let me let me eat let, let's go take a look at, at the ocean today i don't know <laughs> like something that makes you a little bit happier because uh, it, it is very much a downer type film but it is a truthful story about grief and loss and for any of those that haven't seen it go see the whale brendan Fraser is absolutely amazing okay so Moving on to our next topic here, we're going to be talking about directing. And of course, we know that Daniel Squared, as as uh, Gary has, has dubbed them, which I love that. I like uh, that the, the Daniels, um, and I'm looking up both of their names. There we go. Um, we have Daniel uh, Scheinert, uh, uh, and then Daniel Kwan, one for everything, everywhere, all at once. What do we think? I think that was well-deserved um, when you watch the movie and there's so much happening in all these alternate universes and how it all comes together so seamlessly. I thought that was very, it was well-deserved. Um, and I also really enjoyed their acceptance speech. Um, there's a lot of controversy going on right now in the world or actually in the U S with drag Queens and things like that. And when he was like, yeah, look at me, I'm a threat. <laughs> it was like, Okay, I get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I thought it was like incredible the fact that first time nominees and they beat out Steven Spielberg, (laughs) which, you know, granted he hasn't won in a while, but like he's this behemoth. He he has carried Hollywood. He has made Hollywood really what it is today in so many ways, or at least one one of the, the influential directors and, you know, a story that's semi-autobiographical in the Fableman. Um, it, that's that that to me felt like it was almost a shoe in either for um, for director or best picture. I know we, we talked about this. Uh, I've talked about it with both of you. Um, so it was amazing to see them win. I'm very happy that they won because, as everyone knows, that was my favorite movie of last year, and it's easily in one of my top five favorite movies. Everything, everywhere, all at once. So yeah, I mean, beating Steven Spielberg and wow. Yeah, I was thinking if Steven Spielberg and the Fablemans was going to win anything, it was going to be in this category for Best yeah. Director because it has been a while um, and because it is bio- biographical, autobi- semi-autobiographical. Yeah. yeah, I was in the same boat. I thought it was going to win. Um, I thought uh, Steven Spielberg was definitely going to take this one um, if he didn't take Best Picture. And so when they won, I was surprised but very happy. Because uh, one thing that I mentioned uh, in the last episode about the Oscars was, you know, the pacing for this movie was just absolutely beautiful. Um, I didn't feel at any point in time throughout the movie where 
I was taken out because it was too slow or I felt like I was missing something because it was moving too fast. Everything just felt like it was perfectly paced and everything just moved as smoothly as you could ask for a multiverse film. So I, I was so happy when they won. That's a good title for the sequel, Gary. Everything paced all at once. Something to that, <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> um, yeah, no. And, and so it just kind of because I know that his film was nominated quite a bit, lost quite a bit, or I'm pretty sure was completely shut out, yeah. um, except for maybe in one category. But Christy, were you surprised to see Martin McDonough's The, the Banshees of Inishirin nominated in so many categories to only lose in all of these categories? <laughs> Uh, no, because I didn't like that movie. <laughs> um, no, I I was actually more surprised to see it sweep at the BAFTAs, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think it was okay because Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri was a much better movie. Um, so there were quite a few movies this year that were completely shut out were nominated for multiple, multiple awards and then completely shut out. Elvis mm-hmm. was also being one of them. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I, it was, you know, one, one of the few, uh, nominees this year that, uh, or nominated films this year that I got to see. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I can't say it's, it's a movie that I'll want to watch again. Uh, because as you know, Christy, like Martin McDonough has a very unique way of storytelling and there's always some type of, uh, amputation or some type of kind of distortion of, of human body parts and ligaments and it's just it's weird um but he's a very dark storyteller but i think there was something so simple about the film that i personally really enjoyed and i did think you know notable mention to colin farrell for being also nominated alongside brendan frazier there was no way he was going to win but he was very talented in that and um you know, Brendan Gleeson being so amazing. So I, I'm sad to see that they, they didn't win maybe in one or two more categories. Uh, but this category for sure belonged to everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, yeah. I was happy to see, or actually, I think Colin Farrell's performance is probably one of my favorite Colin Farrell performances, despite not enjoying the movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I will give it that. Absolutely. Right. Because, I mean, it, it did felt so effortless, I think, coming mm-hmm. from his performances that it felt just very uh, relaxed and uh, in the zone, if you will. All right. So moving on to see here we have writing now i know that there's two different categories there's adapted screenplay and original screenplay gary do you want to read off our winners yep so for best adapted screenplay we got women talking uh that one sarah polly uh one i've not seen and then all right best original screenplay everything everything everywhere all at once um all right yeah Two very different films. What did you think uh, for Best Adapted Screenplay and Women Talking? I thought that was the favorite, and that one is the one that should have won. Um, and that is a – let's see. Frances McDormand produced that movie in addition to starring in it, and it is – I mean, you could make a case that it's a little Oscar baity because it's about um, – women trying to get out of like a strict religious uh, institution. But at the same time, the performances were really good. The writing was really good. It was just a solid movie. And Christy, because I am not, I, I feel like I kind of have an inkling of what the, the adaption 
moniker means, but can you explain to, to those that, that don't know or maybe who don't know, like what is the difference between an adapted and an original screenplay? Sure. So um, an adapted screenplay is going to be a screenplay that is based off of something else. So for example, Women Talking is based off of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times things are based off books more than anything. Um, but like I think Fences, that one was adapted off of a play, obviously. And then so plays, books, Sometimes even music videos. I've seen that happen before. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Short films. Yes. Okay. So anything that's based off of. Whereas an original is there's nothing else like it out there anywhere. Right. And then I guess that that could also be attributed to a sequel because I see for Best Adapted Screenplay, Top Gun Maverick was also nominated. A little surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, – yeah. I think they're just being nice. <laughs> right, right. They're like, well, let's just throw a few at them. They're going to win at least one of them. <laughs> yeah, so sequels are – that's a very good point. Sequels are also adapted screenplays because the characters have already been shown and Established. devised. Yeah, mm-hmm. I gotcha. Gary, what did uh, I know that you haven't seen the film Women Talking? Is it something that you want to check out, or what do you think? Uh, because it won, I definitely plan on checking it out. Uh, the goal is to watch at least uh, half of the ones that won uh, that I haven't seen yet. So that one, uh, Banshees of Insurance, uh, Pinocchio, and quite a few others are going to be ones that I, hopefully I can catch this week. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it looks interesting based off of what I've seen, just doing a quick search on it. Yeah. No, and, and same here. I've seen the trailer a few times post Oscars, which is kind of weird because I, I truly did not know about the film until like the weeks leading up to the Oscars. Um, it felt like one of those films that was released maybe in select theaters, like normally will happen with a lot of Oscar nominated films. Um, and then I started seeing more of it after. I do have it also to watch that I have not seen, but it has, you know, you got Rooney Mara in it. You have uh, Francis McDermott. Um, it looks like a really, um, uh, deep film and uh, the, the writing looks quite excellent just from what I saw in the trailer, uh, which is probably why it won for best of right. screenplay. <laughs> um, and then of course for original screenplay with everything everywhere, all at once winning once again, like can, can we say any more about this film that hasn't been said? It's so amazing. But what, what did you guys think as far as script wise with the film? I mean, it doesn't get much more original than, you know, hot dog fingers. You know? <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty, pretty impressive there. Like, oh, okay, let's put that in a movie. Okay, right. cool. But I thought the writing was, was top notch. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if Gary. Uh, Daniel Square was high when they wrote this script. Because uh, <laughs> some of the things that they did in this, like the hot dog fingers or uh, just the whole concept of the bagel. Uh, that seems like something that somebody would just come up with like when they're finishing like two or three edibles. I was like, you know what? What if you just had hot dogs? You know? Like things like no. that though is reason to me why they won. That was very tight. Right. Well, and if I'm not mistaken, Christy, didn't they also wrote and directed Swiss Army Man with Daniel yes. Radcliffe? Yeah. I believe so. so. Mm-hmm. Um, they are known for doing these kind of quirky, really far out there uh, stories. And I think that's what makes them unique. We need more storytellers like them in Hollywood yes. because unfortunately they're always kind of, you know, pushed to the fringe. And I feel like this is once again, that year where it's like, no, like the fringe is in the spotlight. Um, these very deserved actors are in the spotlight. People that would um, otherwise not be noticed in the traditional Oscars of old. Um, right. And I think that's what made this so special is because I, 
I absolutely loved the writing in this film. As quirky as it was, it was so heartfelt. Mm-hmm. And I, I think of uh, when um, everything were all at once, the sound designer, I believe, when he won, or not the sound designer, one of the winners, I think maybe it was the original score or composer, when he won and went up there and he talked about, you know, he, he kind of uh, did one of uh, Wayman's lines where he talks about, you know, it would have been nice to, if, if all I have to do is, is laundry and taxes with you, I, I would love to do that. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. and like that, just like that line in the film was absolutely amazing because yeah, I mean, you, you see Wayman's character kind of going through it and his different variants, I guess you could call, but that, that original variant of like, he wants a divorce but like when you find out why and then the, this other wayman is like no like that sounds like an amazing life i i would i would want to just own a laundry mat with you let's do right. that and it's like there's something so heartwarming and i was talking to actually um a friend of mine about this christy i feel like i, I want to hear your thoughts on it because uh she was uh slightly bothered by the fact that it, it was such a a well-told like mother-daughter story and, and kind of what their relationship goes through, but it was written and directed by two men. Mm-hmm. Do you think that had any impact or it, it had a different uh, perspective than otherwise would have been told if it was a female writer? Well, yes, I do. I do think that it does have a different perspective. However, I do feel that the acting chops from Michelle Yeoh and Stephanie Shu that they're able to bring what they need to bring to kind of compensate for that. So yes, they have the writing and the directing, but at the same time, they have to bring the emotion and they have to bring the, the truthfulness to it. So I think that's able to compensate for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder how much of their lines and their interaction was off script because a lot of times those type of things are not even, cause I've read plenty of them where it's like, the script says one thing and then you look at it and compare it with the actual film and it's like, okay, that's not in the script. So I wonder how much of that did they actually just do on their own? And that goes back to why they won for directing. Cause if they did a lot of ad living on their own and they kept that in there, it's like, okay, they recognized this was, this was very needed. And so that, that was a very good point. And I wonder, I want to get some like behind the scenes stuff on that. Yeah. I would love to know that too. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get like a, a, a special director's edition where we can get some really good commentary because I know yeah. several people would want to check that out, including us. So yeah. very cool. Um, all right. Moving on to one of my favorite categories. It might be like a fringe category for a lot of people, but I absolutely love cinematography. Gary loves cinematography. We appreciate this. That's why we talk about it. Cinematography is beautiful. You know, f- films aren't, of course, just amazing uh, vehicles for storytelling, but sometimes they're visual masterpieces. And the winner for the cinematography this year, um, and I'm pulling up his name. There we go. So, uh, well, it doesn't actually have his name, but it's all quiet on the Western front. James the uh, German, la- thank you. The German language Netflix film. Christy, what are your thoughts? So you don't by any chance happen to have the nominees in front of you for that, do you? I do. Okay. So we have for cinematography, the nominees were, of course, All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Bardo, False Chronicles of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. Okay. Um, so, I mean, okay, All Quiet on the Western Front is a war film. And we've kind of seen the cinematography before um, in like 1970 
or no, 1917 and films like that, um, Hacksaw Ridge. But uh, so I was kind of rooting for Elvis in this category. I thought the cinematography for Elvis was just really beautiful and it really made Elvis like really personal and more human than I think a lot of us realize. Mm-hmm. Gary, what are your thoughts on another war film winning? No, no knock to, to the film, of course, but it is another war film winning right. cinematography. What do you think? Yeah, we talked about how we expected it to win this uh, category and how disappointed we were that the Batman didn't get it. But um, or wasn't even nominated. I think I feel like just a nomination was deserving because Greg Frazier, yeah. amazing. Agreed. Yeah, that would have been a much better <laughs> winner. <laughs> But yeah, I think this is one of those where it's not too surprising. Um, I haven't seen any of the ones that were nominated, so I can't really give a full opinion on it. But it was one of those where I was like, okay, uh, it's painting by the numbers type situation, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a film that I haven't seen yet. I feel like I'm sure it tells an amazing unique tale of or twist i I know it's it's a kind of a remake of uh, of an original film um but i feel like if you've seen like two or three war films no matter what decade they're set in you kind of have seen them all and that's just war sucks it is absolutely tragic and terrible what these soldiers go through um it is unfair that they're put in those positions and you see the loss not just physical but their emotional loss as well for their comrades for their country um, and I, I, I will eventually see it. I don't know if it's something I'm going to rush to see because those films are really hard to watch. Um, and once again, it's like how many, how many war films or stories can we tell? Um, you know, obviously wanting to, to share everybody's truth, but at a certain point it is, it is quite difficult. Um, so yeah, it, it looked interesting. I was very surprised, um, quite honestly, other than cinematography to, for it to see it sweep in so many categories. Cause it seems like along with everything everywhere, all at once you had all quiet on the Western front, kind of slowly sweeping many other categories, which is quite surprising. Um, even with it being a war film. So, um, yeah, it was just, it, it was a great night, uh, for, for, for the Asian community. And then also for the German community. <laughs> yeah. Like, so. Um, yeah, uh, I guess now we will move on, of course, to the award that everybody always looks forward to. It is the Creme de la Creme Best Picture. Uh, Gary, who won Best Picture for those? That <laughs> you know, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, could it be? <laughs> everything, everywhere, all it was literally deserved the, the win. And I was not surprised when it won. I don't think very many people were surprised when it won. Skylar, do you have the... Uh, the nominees for that because i don't think i, I that do online. yes i i have that pulled up here so of course there are 10 nominees which i i personally am very happy that they did expand that a few years ago just to give more uh films the opportunity to be nominated we have all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the banshees of inishirin elvis everything where all everything everywhere all at once of course the fablemans tar top gun maverick triangle of sadness and women talking yeah so chris i would definitely love to hear your thoughts on not only just the nominees and and everything but the uh the winner a little bit more sure so i think everything everywhere all at once was head and shoulders above the rest of the movies there were some that i don't know if either of you saw triangle of sadness it's a hulu film if i'm not mistaken Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's like it's it's like three different films 
put together um because it's like part one part two part three and it's like okay. um oh uh, okay <laughs> 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 um but it, it was but there was it was a divisive film um it being nominated because a lot of people were like oh you know you're trashing the one percent and you're very stereotypical but you know it's it was funny but also kind of cruel and I don't think it needed to be in that category. Um, I did this Avatar Way of the Water is my favorite Avatar film so far. And I, I know I'm in the minority probably with that because I did not enjoy the first Avatar. I thought it lacked a lot of story. You're not in the in the uh, the minority with that at all. I promise. <laughs> so the the second yeah, so the second one had so much story. I was like, oh, it's pretty, and there's a story. Nice. So, but but I think everything everywhere all at once was just so far above everything else that you know I think it's almost more fun to talk about. Okay, what would have come in second? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I know Gary and I had talked about this as well. Um, it was nice to see Top Gun Maverick nominated only because I know it was kind of like a nod to, to Tom Cruise and, and his feats of what he was able to do, executive producing that film, starring in it, bringing it to life. Um, and, you know, of course, we we all have seen that that clip of Steven Spielberg thanking him, I believe, at the Golden Globes. Yeah. Um, just like, thank you for bringing movies back. Like, seriously, yeah. like people have, are so prone now to watch them on their couch, which no knock to that, but it, it is a special experience to, to get a blockbuster in the theater that was like top gun maverick so i was nice to see that nominated um uh, obviously everything everywhere all at once deserved to win i'm glad it won um i was <laughs> gary knows my feelings on this i was a little surprised to see avatar way of water uh be nominated i feel like it kind of squeaked in there right at the end because it was like i believe a december release so yeah, it came out december. like right at the end no, late december release yeah. so they were like no we're gonna make sure this kind of squeaks in um and i haven't seen the film yet i will uh i was actively boycotting it personally from seeing it in theaters only because i feel like james cameron's comments kind of before the film and surrounding the film and kind of him bashing other studios i thought was very unprofessional and a little egotistical on his part i'm a fan of james cameron but within the last few years, him and Martin Scorsese have become very elitist and kind of gatekeeping with, with <laughs> cinema, um, with uh, cinema in general. And so I didn't like how cocky he was where he's like, Oh, this, this film has to make $2 billion just for us to break even. And right. it did good for him. But um, yeah, uh, I, I will see avatar the way of water eventually because it does look beautiful and I do love the cast, but um, yeah, Gary, what are your thoughts? I uh, can't really say too much about any of the other ones. Uh, I will say I don't plan on watching Avatar. I'm not boycotting. I'm just not an Avatar fan. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see the first one. Never had any inclination to watch it. Don't plan on watching the second one. Uh, Top Gun Maverick was really good for me. Um, I, just the the way that they were able to introduce, you know, not only stakes but tension and and everything in in the movie was really good. Uh, but yeah, everything everywhere all at once to me was a no brainer. Um, I feel like everyone knew that that movie was just going to take it. And if it didn't, it would have been like probably one of the biggest snubs in history. Mm. So yeah, uh, I did. I, y'all sentiments are my sentiments. Yeah, I think the other films that were nominated seemed like the kind of the routine, once again, the routine kind of Oscar bait films. Um, I think, uh, once again, the ban- the Banshees of Inisherin being nominated, I think it was a very beautiful film. And I don't, 
other than it being beautiful and a few notable performances, I don't know what else can kind of be said about the film because it was quite odd. Um, you know, Elvis and Tar being nominated felt very kind of routine. Triangle of Sadness was also quietly shut out of the Oscars this year as well. <laughs> I ha- haven't seen it yet. I don't know if I will. Um, yeah. Different. <laughs> Different. That's a good word. Um, yeah, and the way Chrissy described it doesn't make me want to go watch it. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm going off of Chrissy's recommendation. Right. <laughs> I mean, Woody Harrelson is in it for about 10 minutes, so he's pretty good. Okay. That's probably okay. We do, we do love us some Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Uh, so I feel like we, we've already kind of touched on, you know, winners that have kind of, uh, surprised us who we were hoping would win. Um, do we have any, and this goes for any category, any Oscar snubs that we think as far as nomination and winners? I know we mentioned the Batman. Christy, who do you think was snubbed from this year? Well, so there's been a lot of debate about whether or not being nominated and losing is a snub. And so I would be curious to know like, well, what do you guys think about that? If you let's, let's use Angela Bassett as an example. Was she snubbed of her Oscar? Was she robbed of her Oscar? Um, and I, but I think that if you're not even nominated, I think that's more of a snub. So like the Batman not being nominated is a snub, um, in a more traditional sense. Um, but as far as performances and things go, I really think that Zoe Saldana gets a raw deal for all those Avatar movies because w- the things that she has to do for those movies and how beautiful it ends up being and the like emotion that comes through her character in the Avatar is – I think she needs a little bit more recognition for that. That is a really good point. She goes through a lot and she puts a lot into it. Um, like I said, I've never watched them, but I've seen a lot of clips – uh, from her performances in that, and she's giving it her all. Um, so I can definitely agree with that. She gives powerhouse performances in everything that I see her in. I think she is a highly underrated actress. Um, obviously, uh, she plays Gamora in Guardians of the Galaxy and in the MCU. That's kind of like her other big franchise. She's also attached to like the, or she was attached to the Star Trek franchise for a while when J.J. Oh, yeah. Abrams rebooted that. And like she's such a an emotional but a very thoughtful actress, and I, I think she's incredibly talented. I agree with you, Christy. I think her being nominated, and I, I agree with you. I think that if if you're not even nominated, that's the snub. I feel like just to be nominated is a huge honor because you think of the hundreds and thousands of movies that come out every year. That is the honor is just to be amongst your peers and, and nominated. So yeah, I agree. She should have probably been nominated for that. Um, uh, Gary and I had talked about this and I want to know your thoughts. I personally think that Viola Davis not being nominated for best actress or leading actress is a huge snub. I huge. agree. That's a huge snub. Um, that movie was completely shut out. Woman King uh, till was also completely shut out. Um, but yeah, Viola Davis not having, you know, her Oscar nomination um, was definitely a shut out. I wonder and I don't remember her last name, but the actress who was nominated for to Leslie, I think her name is Andrea something. Um, she, her campaign where all the other actors like campaign for her nomination. I wonder if that spot was Viola Davis's until the campaign came out. Mm. Yeah. I see that that was Andrea uh, Riceboro. Riceboro. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, uh, 
I think obviously Viola Davis has won in the past and been nominated in the past, but I think especially for this film, um, if for those that have not seen uh, the women King, she was remarkable in it. It was a very refreshing story. I know some of the, the marketing for it was like, this is this generation's gladiator. And I mean, I feel like there's a lot of truth to that because of how meaningful the story was, um, how unique it was. Um, it's really not what you expect just based off of the trailers. You think it's just going to be, you know, obviously women at war, women leading in their village uh, in Africa. Um, but it, it is so much more than that. And I think it, it has a very important story to tell that hasn't been told before. So I'm surprised that like it really wasn't nominated, not just in, in any category, but specifically um, for Viola Davis. Um, any other snubs that you can think of, Gary, or some, someone that you would have liked to see nominated? Um, well, actually, yes. I wanted to kind of, and I don't know how you all will feel about this, but I wanted to really look through some of the movies that came out last year. And one I totally forgot about that I think at least should have been mentioned or at least thought about for animation uh, was the Green Lantern movie that came out last year. Um, Beware My Power. It was really well done. Uh, Aldous Hodge was a really good voice actor in that. And although it was more of an uh, adaptation of uh, a comic, I think it could have at least been nominated um, for animation because the animation and everything was absolutely pristine, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, I mean, we talk about snubs and kind of like the Oscars still being what, what very much feels like the kind of like the old boys club. And hopefully that is changing now, but I feel like with a lot of DC animation and even Marvel animation, those have yet to even be discussed. I feel like as I, I personally feel like DC and WB have an amazing animation department and what yeah. they make for their comic adaptions for DC mm -hmm. stories. And you never even hear about them being in discussion for animation. Yeah. It's always Pixar. It's mm -hmm. always like now, of course, Netflix is becoming a big powerhouse for nominees. Um, but you don't hear about these smaller studios that are adapting comics and you're seeing more comic book films get nominated now in certain categories, yeah. but you're not seeing the comic book animated films get nominated. Right. Um, yeah. So what about you, uh, I guess you have any other snubs, you know, the Batman would have been nice. <laughs> and that's not just because I'm a huge Batman fan or a big Matt Reeves fan or a big Greg <laughs> Frazier fan. I'm a fan of all of these people that helped make yeah. the movie possible. Um, but it was just an absolutely beautiful film to look at. If it's not going to be, I know it was nominated for sound, yeah. uh, and lost, um, to Top Gun Maverick, which understandable, um, I think that it could have been nominated certainly for a best picture contender. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it could have been nominated for cinematography. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I mean, Colin Farrell would be going up against himself in a supporting role, but I think Colin Farrell's penguin in that was really remarkable. And just the yeah. prosthetics and the makeup I actually think it was nominated for that as well. Um, it was amazing, like transforming him. Like you did not recognize him beautiful. as Colin Farrell when he was the penguin. So uh, yeah, I think that it would just be nice to see some of these movies that are critically acclaimed and do very well in cinema and aren't just blockbusters. It would be nice to see them nominated more instead of these, you know, we, we've talked about a lot of these uh, indie films or these smaller budget films that are kind of released towards the end of the year for Oscar season. Um, they're in select theaters. So not a majority of the nation can't even really see them. And you only find out about them once they're nominated and once they've won. 
And that's what we've kind of talked about. Uh, And I know, Christy, you're kind of like up to date with all of these films. So you're able to see them typically before the awards ceremony. But but what are your thoughts um, on kind of the availability of these films for wider audiences to see? I think that it's important that they become more accessible because I know you and I have talked about um, like where was anybody even able to see Coda last year, right? Like where were we able to see it? You had to have the Apple Plus subscription in order to see it. It's still a very good movie, but it, what was, it was up against Dune. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Whereas Dune was a blockbuster hit. And so I think it's important that they're accessible. Now, even if it is streaming, I think that that's okay also. I think that certain movies should still be seen in theaters like Top Gun and like Avatar. Those are much better in the theaters versus on this tiny screen at home. Mm -hmm. I just think there just needs to be a balance. Like I don't want to see 10 blockbusters nominated for – best picture i also don't want to see 10 movies i've never even heard of okay so i really like when there's a balance so i was happy to see that the like you said when they um expanded it to 10 Mm -hmm. and it definitely felt like there was more of a balance this year but there's a balance in the best picture category but i feel like some of the other categories still need balancing gary what do you think yeah no i completely agree and i love that point that you brought up christy about certain movies needing to be seen in theaters because um, if COVID taught us anything is that there are some movies that come out that are better for streaming. You know, you don't need to go see some movies in theater because it's like, okay, like I could just pop this on a regular screen and it'll be good. But movies like Avatar, like the Batman, uh, I would even go as far as to say like movies like uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Like those need to be seen on a big screen in theaters because you get a better experience. You get to, get the better surround sound. It's just better quality at theater than you would at your home, even if you have the best setup. Right. And to your point there, I know Christy can attest to this being a stage uh, and film actress, um, but there is something uh, collectively holistic and, and um, just remarkable about sharing the space with an audience, whether that's for theater or film um, that just, you know, you know, an audience member might laugh or react to something that if you were at home on your couch by yourself, you might not, you might just sit there like, you know, pull out the phone, right? Like we all do. You pull out the phone. Okay. Let's see what else is on. It could be the most amazing film in front of you. And you're still like, Oh, well, here's my, here's my other screen. And there's something mm-hmm. kind of amazing that a uh, theater commands your attention. You have to listen. You have to watch. You might fall asleep, but you're, you're, you're commanded. Um, and, and there's something very communal about that, that experience. So, um, I do agree with, with James Cameron and, um, and Denny Villeneuve and Chris Nolan, who have all publicly said that like their films should only be released in theaters. Um, and I agree with that. Um, I think the way they, some of them went about talking about it during COVID wasn't the best. Cause it's right. like, Oh, you don't care if people die. Okay. That's, fine. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, I think that obviously once we're past this, as we are starting to become past uh, the, the pandemic, going back to the theater for these films is certainly worth it. And, um, I hope that these, uh, whether it's a blockbuster or just a great, uh, emotional film, I hope that that they continue to encourage us to go to the theater for that. Um, Final thoughts that I uh, wanted to ask both of you is out of all of the winners, uh, whether that's the film itself, the producers, the directors, the actors, especially, of course, um, who do you think uh, this win benefits the most as far as their careers? Who do you see uh, this, this, their, their win 
projecting their careers forward? This is a tough question. That's a really good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that, I think it's going to be really good for Daniel squared, like we talked about, but personally, I think it's Brendan Fraser's comeback year, Mm. comeback year, comeback story. I think that he's going to be taken more seriously and not just like an action star or a comedy star. Like he can actually act. He's got some acting chops. So I'm going to say Brendan Fraser. I like it. Good choice. I like that too. Gary? This is tough. Um, I want to say, uh, and I'm most likely butchering this, Kihu Kwan, just because like Chrissy mentioned, like his, his comeback role, um, and then people seeing that, you know, he can be in this quirky movie, but have this heart and really give this range. So that's going to be my, my number one choice for, for this one mm-hmm. for sure. Now, I agree with both of you. I think uh, for Daniel Squared, hopefully it will kind of project their careers forward where they're not necessarily doing these kind of um, – you know, quote unquote fringe films, right. That they're able that even if they're, they're telling a very unique and kind of quirky story that it is still, you know, seen by more audiences and hopefully they're not just released in select theaters or kind of straight to streaming. I would like to see that happen for them. And I think it will now uh, just with how much they swept. Um, And I I think that this definitely revives both Brendan Fraser and Kihu Kwan's careers um, in the sense that I think we're going to be seeing them a lot more now, which is great. Uh, I love that the Oscars are able to kind of do that. They're able to get these actors recognized and they typically go on to do several projects immediately after. If I'm not mistaken, Gary, um, Kihu Kwan is already attached to doing something with Marvel now. I had heard that he is being cast in a Marvel project. I'm not sure which one, but I think it's... uh, uh a TV series. I yeah. have to check. Out so, I mean that right there. Amazing. Like as soon as, you know, all of the, the buzz is coming out with all of these award shows and then he gets that immediately, which amazing for him. And I know everyone's already talking about with Brendan Fraser, like, Oh, now you're going to go back and do the mummy four, Right. <laughs> but then at the same time, Christy, no. to your point, it's like, no, like he's done that. And that's amazing. Yeah. And if he wants to do that again, great. But we, he's also shown now that he can do so much more than just the mummy franchise. Right. Agreed. Real quick, up on the Marvel front, did you guys catch the uh, the Marvel shout out from Michael B. Jordan I love and, that. And, and Jonathan Majors? It was like, "Hey, Auntie, we still love you." Oh my god, it was so funny. No, was the perfect. two of them together is infectious. Anytime they're in a space yeah. together, they're great. And I want to um, throw out a quick honorable yeah. mention because I think just this person's nomination is going to shoot up her career. But uh, Stephanie Shu. Um, I expect her to start just blowing up because everyone saw how amazing she was in the movie. And then she, at least just to be nominated, you know, I'm relatively new to the Oscars thing. I've seen a few, but not really watched as much as you all. But uh, from my understanding, like typically once you, once you even just get nominated, that just puts you on a lot of people's radar. So I can expect her to get a couple of leading roles soon. Um, possibly be put in a lot more Oscar worthy movies also. 
And I, I hope for her career, just same thing with Brendan Fraser's and obviously Kihu Kwan being attached to a Marvel project. I hope that winning an Oscar now, instead of going to do like a James Bond film, I hope it's not just like, oh, you get to do a Marvel film now or you get yeah. to do a DC <laughs> film now. And it's like, I know that like that is like what Hollywood is now. It is, is superhero and, and fantasy. Um, but I would also just love to see them in just a regular kind of leading role. Like I feel like Florence Pugh has been really able to navigate her career in that yeah. way where she can kind of do Marvel and then go and do a Zach Braff film. Um, so I think that is special, and I, I do hope that for all of them that they that they don't think that stardom is just okay. I've won an Oscar now; I'm going to go do a Marvel movie. I hope that they can do more than that. Right. So hopefully we will see that. Um, great. Uh, as we wrap up here, um, Christy, why don't you tell the people, of course, what you're currently working on, what you have kind of in the works, and if you want to share any of your social media handles so the good people can follow you. Sure, absolutely. So right now we're finishing up Tech Week um, in Austin at the Vortex Theater for Dragonfly Princess. It's an opera. Um, it's an original opera. It's very cool. Um, I'm assistant directing it uh, under Bonnie Cullum. And I'm also have a one person show that is doing a tour of fringe markets. And so it's been submitted to multiple fringe festivals, hoping to kind of get out there. So we'll kind of see how that goes. And my best handle is my Instagram. Um, and it would be Christy underscore shoe. Nice. Love it. Love it. Love I it. And I, I personally market. hope. I personally hope, Christy, that I get to see your show come to Chicago. I hope it, it, it tours all the fringe circuits in the country. I'm hoping that for you. And I hope Thank to see you see it so much. soon. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So for all those uh, that are theater goers at all, keep an eye out for those fringe theater festivals because Christy might be coming to a town near you quite soon, which is great. We'll love, love to support it. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts from either of you today? Go watch well, everything. It's been so much watch. fun. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes the moral of the story if you haven't seen everything everywhere all at once go see it uh go see all the films that we talked about today if you're able to watch them on streaming that's certainly the way to do it if you're able to see them in theaters and you have an afternoon free or an evening free go do that um but yeah i mean all of these films obviously were nominated for a reason um and hopefully we helped encourage all of you listening or to give them a, a check them out because uh, movies are not just for the film snobs i promise so you can enjoy them as well and you don't have to know about any of these movies to see them to enjoy them that's the right. important thing um nice. great well christy thank you so much for being here i'm glad that you are our first guest yeah thank you i've had a blast this has been a lot of fun so yes. thank you for letting me share my opinions yeah we're going to bring you on always for a happy episode Yes. <laughs> Anytime. Yes. We'll, we'll bring you back on for a future episode. Hopefully next year, Oscar season. Maybe we can get this as a thing going. That would be really yes. exciting. I love um, that. My but, goal would be to be like friend of show. <laughs> friend of show. We, no, we love that. We love that. Tell your friends about us. All right. <laughs> All right. So as always, everyone, I'm Skylar. And I'm Gary. And this, and this is has been seat. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I have a good one. Hey everyone, this is Skylar with the Nerds Inc. Podcast, here to say thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying our weekly discussions, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ask us a question, provide your thoughts on our discussions, and we may just talk about it in a future episode. Thanks.